Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Libra Lounge with Keisha podcast. Tonight, we're doing something a little bit different. Usually, we have a show that's filled with celebrity news and gossip, pop culture, and special guests. But recently, it was brought to our attention the story of one Marion Bud Hunter. He has been serving a 26-year-long sentence for a crime that he says that he is innocent of. We took a trip down to Gatesville Prison, and this is the interview with Bud. All right, buddy, you ready? Yes, ma'am. Okay, can you state your name, age, and tell us why you're here? Marion Bud Hunter, and I'm 44 years old, and I'm here for capital murder. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your life before your arrest. Uh, I was living an average teenage life, going to school, playing sports. We had a rap group, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I was a people's person. Never That's been what I've in any trouble with, you know, with the law. Okay, so you'd never been arrested before or anything? No, ma'am. Okay, so you were 18 during the time of your arrest, right? Yes. Okay. So kind of take us through a timeline of the events of the day of the murder. Well, I was at, uh, I remember where I was on this day because my sister's birthday is like on August 6th. We had went to Louisiana a day before her birthday, and we came back due to a family emergency mm -hmm. on like Saturday night, Sunday morning, mm -hmm. and then that same day we got back, one of my friends was arrested that night. Mm -hmm. So he got locked up. We had his truck. Me and my mother had his truck. Mm -hmm. So that morning when we got up at uh, Monday morning, September night, we got up and took his truck back to his sister's house. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, me and, uh, I was staying, me and my mother and then was staying with a friend of mine named Steven. Mm -hmm. And uh, all day we lounged around, you know, was lounged around all the way to about five, in between five and six o'clock. And when his mother got home, me, my friend Stephen, my sister Tanika, my mother, and a friend of the family named Lucretia, mm -hmm. we dropped Stephen's mother off. It was around 6 o'clock at her sister's house. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, we took my mother, my sister, my mother, I mean my mother, my sister, and uh, the family friend Lucretia, we took them to Texas City. Mm -hmm. And we stayed up there till about, I mean, we stayed up there maybe around two hours. We left around in between 8.30 and 9 o'clock. Okay. And then we went to see some girls that stayed in Webster, Texas. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, after that, we when we left their house, it was around probably 10.30, 11 o'clock. We went home, and that was it on that day. And so the murder actually happened in the area of Dobie High School. Yes. And you were in Texas City. Texas City. Okay, that's about a 30-minute difference. Right. That's a 30-minute drive. Right. Okay. So you're accused of murder. But you weren't in that area during the time of the crime. Were there any witnesses who testified in court saying that they saw you in Galveston County and not near Dobie High School? Let's say, let's just say I had, it was eight alibi witnesses that I seen at or around that time the crime took place. Mm -hmm. Two of them testified in court. Mm -hmm. My lawyer never called the other six. Why not? Yeah, he, he working with the state. That's the only way I think, I, way I can put it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I had a court appointed attorney, and, you know, he didn't put up a fight at all. So you had two witnesses that said that you were in the Texas City area. Right. So we can even say the Webster area right. during the time of the murder. Right. And then you, there were six additional witnesses that were never called? Right, never called. Okay. Um, did you know the victim? I didn't know the victim. To this day, I still don't know what he looked like. Really? Right. Okay, so you'd never seen him before. You weren't over there playing basketball with no. him. Nothing like that. Nothing. This this whole case was foreign to me up until the point I got arrested. 
So um, your both your sisters were on the show, and they right. kind of they they gave us you know de certain details from that they knew. But when we got done, I'm like, you know, it's really time for Bud to be able to tell right. the story. Right. Um, so what happened whenever the cops came to the high school and you mm -hmm. were called to go to the office? Well, they called me to the office, introduced me to uh, Detective Scoggins. Okay. And he asked me, did I know what I was in the office for? I told him, no, sir. Mm -hmm. And then that's when he told me, we have you as a suspect in a murder, mm -hmm. and we would like to take you down for questioning. From then on, they put the handcuffs on me. They never read me my rights. Mm -hmm. And they took me down to the station. Mm -hmm. Once we got to the station. Well, hold on. Let me ask you something real quick. So this happened at school. Was there a school counselor in there with you? Was there no. a principal in there with you? It was a sister principal. He was the only one. That, he the one came and got me out the hallway. Was he in there when they started questioning you? If I if I can remember correctly, I believe he was. And he didn't say anything like, you no, know what, maybe I should call his mom. No, ma'am. Or that just seems so odd to me that no right. one, even though you were 18 at the time, right, right. to me, that's still a child. I mean, right. we don't know anything about being questioned by a cop. So did you ask at that time, like, can I call my mom? No, I didn't ask to call, make a call until I got down to the station. Okay, so they hand, so why did they handcuff you if you weren't under I arrest? I have no idea. And so when they handcuffed you, the AP who was in the office with you didn't ask, why is he being handcuffed? They said nothing. Say, say the word, no. Okay, so you had no advocates for you at all? No. Okay, so now you're going down to the station. What, on right. the drive over, do you ask them any questions? Nope. Quiet the whole way, just wondering, you know, what's going on. Okay. I don't know nothing about what they're talking about. Okay, so once you're at the police station, tell us how everything went. Well, they put me in the office. Detective Scoggins went through the usual, you know what I'm saying, asking me where was I at on, the, you know, the day of the murder, around the time, you know, the murder was committed or whatnot. And I'm telling him, you know what I'm saying, who I was with, mm -hmm. just like I told you earlier. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I told him where I was. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't in Houston. Mm -hmm. Told him, you know, we dropped my mother and him off, you know, in Texas City. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Stayed down there until about 8.30, 9 o'clock, and then we went to Webster. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I kept telling him this over and over. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he kept asking me kind of the same questions, you know, over and over. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Trying to, you know, re... Trying to catch you in a lie. Yeah. In a, yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're questioning you. You're telling them over and over again, you right. know, I wasn't even on this side of the town. Right. I don't even know the victim. Um, so I was going to ask you, uh, why didn't you request an attorney? Yeah. Didn't know, you know, I had never been in any trouble. Because you're 18. So right. Yeah. Right. I didn't know. Because that's what, you know, everyone asks, well, why didn't he request an attorney? Right. And I'm thinking to myself, if I were 18 and I got arrested, I'd just be crying for my mama. Right. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even think to, you know, request an attorney. Right. Did they ask you if you wanted an attorney? They didn't ask me nothing. Okay. So what was the phone call like when you got in touch with your family and told them that you'd been arrested for murder? Oh, Yeah. Where was uh? I'm sure they were in shock. It was uh the legal good. Uh, my it's it's a woman named Face. She's like a, a mother to me. Mm -hmm. When I called, she was screaming. Mm -hmm. 
So that's just a, a family friend. That's not even with your mom. Yeah. 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 I never talked to my mother until she finally came down and uh, visited me. Mm -hmm. But uh, when they let me talk to Faye, like I say, I called. She was screaming and hollering, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Telling me she knows I didn't do it or whatnot. And then uh, she barely can talk and her son grabbed the phone. And I just told him, I said, man, y'all need to just come down here. And I, you know what I'm saying? I tell y'all. You know what I'm saying? I tell y'all everything that, I, you know, that they took me through or whatnot. And, you know, that was it. That was it of the phone call or whatnot. Right. So yeah. that was the first time that you were actually had any communication with the anyone on the outside. Yes, ma'am. And I'm sure you had to have broken down because. Right. You're being accused of something that you didn't do and now you're locked up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you think that the court-appointed attorney was equipped to. Um, defend you in a in a murder? No. No, I mean, you know, dealing with this when you people like you know when you coming from a lower class family and you don't have no money to get no lawyer or whatnot, that's mm -hmm. what they you know they they sign you a public defender and a lot of them they don't do no fighting they don't try they just you know basically getting a, a, a easy and free paycheck you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying so. Like I say, he didn't put up no fight uh, mm -hmm. whatsoever. I mean, he told me, you know what I'm saying, when, once we, he came to visit me a couple of times, he told me that uh, he'd been doing law for so many years and that he believed that I'm innocent. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He says uh, a lot of people that he worked with, he said I was one of the only ones that he actually believed that was innocent. Mm -hmm. But he didn't show it. He didn't put up a fight or nothing. Well, I know a lot of times with court-appointed attorneys, they have stacks on stacks on stacks of cases right. thrown in front of them. Right. But when you're, you know, during a murder trial, murder trial, I mean, that takes a lot to right. have to go hunt down witnesses and, you know. Right. Even sometimes you have to have a psychiatrist testify or come to see you. And, yeah, you're right. All of that is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. Right now, do you feel as though you were a target? Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was a target because, like I say, it was one. It was one witness that actually pointed me out at school. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking there's some fishy with that because you know what I'm saying. He also pointed another dude out and said that he was with me and I didn't find this out till late till probably after a while after I had been locked up mm -hmm. because I saw the individual you know what I'm saying me and him became friends at the beginning of the school year and uh he had come down from New York you know what I'm saying I remember him telling me this when we met and mm -hmm. he'd come down from New York you know what I'm saying like a day before school had started to mm -hmm. stay with his sister so the witness like I say he pointed me out and they came and got me you mm -hmm. know but also, but he got proof that he was in New York when this happened. How did the other person look who they said was? He was a tall, dark horse. Uh, he, by, he tall, dark-skinned dude, probably about six feet, six one, somewhere around now. So y'all look nothing alike. Nothing alike, no. <laughs> no but he's saying it was, you know, they saying it was two people who committed this crime, you know what I'm saying? Well, it was mm -hmm. three. One of them sat in the car, two got, two got out the car. Mm -hmm. And like I say, one of the, they, they say the shooter was five, in, somewhere like five, 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 six, you know what I'm saying? But you're and not. I'm five, 11 at the time, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I was arrested. And then they say he was fair complexion, and they say the, the second dude, you know, the accomplice, he was like in between like five, three, five, 11, six foot, somewhere around now, mm -hmm. and he was dark skinned. Okay. Let me ask you this, and, and you don't have to answer, but right. do you think that, you know, was there a situation where you were talking to someone else's girlfriend? Uh, was there any kind of maybe a drug deal that went wrong or no. any issues with money? Why do you think that they were so adamant that it was you? 
I have no idea on that because I, 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 I sure wasn't into no drugs. Never sold mm -hmm. drugs before in my life. Mm -hmm. And the dude, like I say, the witness that actually pointed me out, I, I, I don't even recall seeing him at school even when they come to testify in my trial. You know, I seen him. I don't even recall seeing him at school, you know right. what I'm saying? So I don't know if, you know, I talked to a few girls that went to the school, but I don't know if he had any dealings with him. Not that I, you know. Right, that not I that you're aware of. Yeah. Okay. So... This witness says that he saw you pull the trigger. Yes. And the victim was shot in the head, correct? Right. Was it that they say that there was a fight? Because the story is that, you know, there was a basketball game going on. So what was the reason behind, you know, the victim getting shot? Well, they say when they pulled up, from what, you know, we had in the trial, when I, you know, finally went to trial or whatnot, they saying when the the suspects pulled up, got out the car. They went to, supposed to shot around, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The ball was supposed to roll off to the side, they say. The the victim, they, you know, he went, to get, he went to get the ball, retrieve the ball, and the shooter, he pulled the gun from his waist, went to the victim and asked him for his keys. You know what I'm saying? The victim kept pushing the gun out, telling him to quit playing or whatnot. Mm -hmm. did, they say he did it like once or twice, and then they, I guess they, from what I've, my understanding, they probably tussled over the, you know, gun or whatnot, right. what mm -hmm. and he pushed him off of him and shot him, and then they supposed to took off running back to the car. They, so they wanted his keys so they can steal his car? car. Yes, ma'am. So do you know whether or not once they shot the victim, do you know if they still took his car? No, they say they, they never took his they car. They didn't even take they the car. They never even got his keys. Okay. So why were you the only suspect? Because I've heard that there was a police lineup. You were not identified as right, being right. at the scene. Right. So it's, it, it seems like there's like gaps in the story. You right. know what I mean? From even their side, it's just like a big question of why. Okay, supposedly someone shot the victim because they wanted his car. But then right. when they shot him, they didn't even take his car. Car, right. So it's... I'm still trying to figure out where you fit into the story. I have no idea. Like I say, I was just pointed out by this one individual, and <laughs> uh, next thing you know, I was at, down at the police station. You know what I'm saying? But I believe that, like I say, listening to everything that happened, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, the way everything transpired when they say the Hispanic dude kept telling him to quit playing, I mean, I, I'm, to me, I'm thinking, you know, he, he actually probably knew the suspect. Right, because to me, if it's... For him to say quit playing, that is something. Gun, yeah. yeah, that's someone you have known, you've right. seen, you've had some kind of interaction with at some point. Because right. otherwise, you would have been like either trying to fight or just throwing the keys. Giving the keys, yeah. Right. That's the, if you don't know him, that's what that's what, I, that's right. what I'm thinking at the time. If he didn't know him, I believe he would have. You know, I ain't no win. I mean, not me. Yeah. I wouldn't have gave. I mean, I wouldn't have put up no. If I don't know you, right. you asking for my keys, I wouldn't. Have, no. You know, and then putting up a fight is one thing, but the fact that he said quit playing, playing is right, the thing that right. rings a bell to me. Like, you right. would only say that to someone that you knew, because otherwise you would think, okay, this person isn't right. playing. They're serious. And then uh, uh, one thing is uh, also the, the the individual that pointed me out, he, I remember seeing in the witness statements when the car, the car came around that the suspects got out, he thought he recognized somebody in the car. So me... You know, my job, this is just me assuming, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm assuming that he he may know the individual who done it and just trying to put it off on somebody it off else. someone else. Yes. So let's, let's say that that is what happened, that he knew who the real killer was. But still, why did he? Why would he pick you? Yeah. That's why I asked the question: Was there a girl involved? Was right. there a drug deal involved? Was there money involved? 
like did you embarrass this kid somewhere like why did he have animosity towards you that he would pinpoint you as a murderer but here comes here's the thing about that and this is another thing i think he trying to put it on me you know what i'm saying because he might know it because since i've been incarcerated i met a dude over here mm -hmm. we came you know like brothers he ended up getting shift to another unit mm -hmm. and he knew about my case and you know this one inmates can write each other so when he got over there he overheard two dudes on the rec yard talking he overheard one of them telling the other one that he shot a hispanic guy over a car and that somebody else got time for it so when he heard it he stopped talking to his homeboy my mm -hmm. homeboy stopped talking to his homeboy and went over there and started talking to these two dudes mm -hmm. and in the letter he was telling me that you know the dude told basically told him everything mm -hmm. and that he only got five years for another case you know he said man what you over here for this is the dude that actually did it that's over here with you know with me mm -hmm. he's saying y'all favor that's what he said y'all favor each other okay you know what i'm saying so when my investigator you know what i'm saying when he went to digging and he found he actually found out who this dude was you know what i'm saying he went to my homeboy's unit this was like probably about a year and a half ago okay and he talked to my homeboy but my homeboy being from the streets he, he don't snitch. want to snitch, but he basically, in so many words, telling my investigator that this is a dude, you know what I'm saying? He's saying he fit the description of the one who told him this story. So when they went and did a background check on this individual, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that when they pull up his records, he, he got a long criminal history. And uh, when, uh, the ad every time he got arrested, the address he gives is close to this crime scene where it happened. happened at, you know what I'm okay. saying? And then... You know, me and him got, you know, they sent a picture of him to me. And mm -hmm. me and him got similar face face features. I mean, mm -hmm. we don't look alike. Right. But we got similar face, you know, our right. head and everything. Right. So this what that's just, this is what I'm thinking he probably ended up pointing me out, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Trying to put it off on me mm -hmm. and get it up off of this dude. I mean, I don't know if he know him or not, or if he actually believed that it was me. I don't know. Did your friend tell you the person's name? He never said the name. When I when I wrote him back and told him get the dude name and number along with the one that was with him, mm -hmm. he wrote back and said that he had left that Friday and went home. Cause he said he had in the letter he said when he wrote me he said man a dude finna go home this Friday, but he never did get the dude name and number. Oh, so is, there's no way of finding out who this guy is. I mean we know who he is now. I mean we basically like I said so many words. You know what I'm saying? It was four pictures my investigator took to my homeboy. Mm -hmm. And he showed him. All these dudes had left their unit around the time my homeboy wrote this letter. Mm -hmm. And he discluded three of them, but he told him this is this one fit, you know, description of the one. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he had the same amount of time to what my homeboy said he had in that letter, you know what I'm saying? And he went home not too long after, you know, that letter was written. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm saying I'm assuming that this is the dude. And he's locked up now to this day. He's in, from what my investigator told us, he's locked up on the deadly conduct charge on another unit. He had got 35 years for it. So... But we, as, as of yet, we haven't had anybody, you know, to look into it or go talk to him or not. What's his name? I can't remember. I remember my sister didn't know his name. I can't I remember, his I remember name. his name. Okay, okay. So during the trial, what are some things that you wish were pointed out? First of all, and now looking back on everything, I believe it was done on purpose. The three witnesses that came to line up and never pointed me out, mm -hmm. They didn't ask them to identify me in trial. They only asked this one witness that pointed me out. Mm -hmm. They never asked them. And even when my investigator talked to these three witnesses mm -hmm. not too long ago, they said that if they would have asked them to identify me in trial, they wouldn't have been able to identify me. Right. And, and if a jury is hearing this and they can't pull me out in trial, I, you know, that's, well, I look at that's acquittal. Right. You got three witnesses, but you got this one witness. And then I hate that he never did 
question him about the other dude that he pointed out and right. said, you know, to show that he's not reliable. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He was for sure, it was, you know, the other dude that was with me. And right. he was in New York when it happened. So I wish all this would have came to fruition. And then another thing that's, that's key in this here is they presented a composite sketch to mm -hmm. the jurors. It was on a five by seven sheet. Mm -hmm. And it looked just like me. Talking about just like me, but the original composite sketch they had mm -hmm. when I was arrested, it was on a regular sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. And it had the height of the suspect on there, five, 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 six. Mm -hmm. And it didn't look nothing at all like me. And so there was a big difference between the two pictures. Right. And so my mother, I, it, it didn't dawn on me until after trial when I called home and my mother asked me, where did they get that composite sketch? It looked, you know, it looked just like you because they showed it to the jurors and these jurors looking at it and looking at me. Right. They looking at it, looking at me. Mm -hmm. So my mother asked me where did they get it from mm -hmm. because they seen a composite sketch that they had when I first got arrested right. also. And I, it dawned on me, like, I say about five, about five, four months before my trial, some detectives come into the cell block that I stayed on and mm -hmm. they pulled half the tank out. And I was one of the half, and they mm -hmm. took pictures of us mm -hmm. up close, and that's where they got their picture from. We, wow. Okay. And then we f also found out that during the pre-trial hearing that uh, my original files were lost. They couldn't what find them. What do you mean them, they so were lost? They lost them. When, 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 during pre-trial hearing, the judge set the trial off a week to give them time to find this, the original files mm -hmm. that was missing. So when I got back to the cell block, I called home. Mm -hmm. My mother called my investigator on three-way mm -hmm. and when we told him what was going on this was the exact words he said oh yeah hell they finna have to let him go you know what i'm saying if they right. can't find his files they gonna have to let him go no when that week came my lawyer never put up a fight he never put up a fight and they never found i think to this day that's probably still missing my original files they let them use the DA's copies, you know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Yeah. So let me ask you a question. I know your sister said that, uh, I'm going to go back a little bit, that when the cops came to your school, no, when they arrested you right. and, you know, when they were questioning you, that one of the cop detectives was uh, on the computer typing. Typing, right. So what did you think that he was typing? I didn't know, but well, we're going to rewind back before this here because... While he was talking to me when I first got there, you know, I kept telling him I didn't do it, don't know what happened or whatnot, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I would tell him who I was with. After all this transpired, he asked me if I, you know, would like to take, would I be willing to take a polygraph test? So mm -hmm. I told him, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. So we went, I went in the room, took the polygraph test, you know, the officer that's taking the polygraph test. We took it, you know, I finished it. And after I finished taking the polygraph test, the officer was talking to me, he's saying stuff like, even like, well, you know, you know the he say, uh, he say, he say, what kind of grades you make in school? And I'm telling him A's, B's, C's, you know, mm -hmm. D's. He said, well, you know, a jury is not going to believe you over some 12 and 13 year olds who making straight A's. You know what I'm saying? He telling me this. Mm -hmm. He said, I mean, either way it go, you know what I'm saying? You you probably get end up getting convicted because you know, a jury is not going to believe you over them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Because your grace, if you yeah, have a D, means and, you're a murderer? You know, this is going through my mind that it's like, you know, it's more than one witness saying that I'm doing this. Right. Though I know I didn't do it. You know, right. I'm not nowhere around. So Where did he get the 12 and 13-year-olds? Like, how does that fit that's into how old anything? They, that's how old they was, the witnesses were. The witnesses were 12, 12 and 13. 13-year-old. The, the Hispanic that got killed, he was the oldest. They say he was 17 at the time. Okay, and the other witnesses were 12 and 13. 12 and 13, and then he, he also brought up the point that uh, during the, after my polygraph test and he telling me all this, he also brought up the point that he like, well, I mean, it's, it's a capital murder case. I don't know if they're going to seek the death penalty on you or not. And, you know, automatically I started thinking about 
this dude named Clarence Bradley that was on death row for something he didn't do, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. Gary Graham was at the time confessing his innocence. So all this going through my mind. And I'm telling them over and over, I didn't do it. I wasn't there. I, I even told a dude that took the polygraph test. I said, well, maybe, you know, whoever did it, they must have looked like me. I mean, it wasn't me, you know, but I wasn't mm -hmm. there. He didn't tell me that I passed the polygraph test or not. But you did. But I did. So, you know what I'm saying? The, and he, he, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but he was saying some other stuff. So it was like, you know, I'm tired. I'm ready to go. So at that point, I like, you know, I kind of like shook my head and I told him, this is my exact words. I told him, I guess I say I did it. And he said, you did it? I said, I guess I said I did it. So he got on the phone, called Detective Scoggins. Mm -hmm. Detective Scoggins come and got me, and we went back up there. And when he started questioning me this time, he was like, well, what happened? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't tell. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I mean, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? He said, well, what kind of gun it was? I said, man, I'm telling you, I don't know. I mean, I was not at the scene when this happened. I don't know what, I can't tell you what kind of gun it is. And the whole time he typed him. This time around he typed him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's not... It's clicking in your head. It's that it's a, he typing up a, a conf confession. A confession, yeah. Right. Because like I say, I can't give you a story. You know what I'm saying? I told this dude, I guess I say I did it, but I can't give you no story because I wasn't there. Right. And then after he finished typing this up, you know what I'm saying, he went out the room, come back a little while later, and he got everything typed up, and he put it in front of me, and he mm -hmm. asked me, you know what I'm saying, sign it. I never did read it or nothing. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm thinking I'm still finna go. I know I didn't do nothing. So you're thinking, thinking you're going to sign this and go home? Go home. I'm tired. And he never said this is a confession? He never said none of that. Did no. he say you need to read this? No. He just told you to sign it? He asked me to sign it. So after you signed it, what happened? After I signed it, that's when they uh, ended up putting, taking me and putting me in the lineup. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even then, I mean, they had me thinking that somebody picked me out of lineup. You know what I'm saying? I didn't find that out until my lawyer come and talked to me mm -hmm. when they assigned him on the case. And he told me, well, you wasn't picked out of lineup. I said, I wasn't. He said, no. As I told him, I said, they had me thinking, I, you know, somebody picked me out of lineup. He mm -hmm. said, no, nobody picked you out of lineup. So they were making you feel as though there's witnesses saying that right. they saw you. They've right. got evidence that right. you did this. So right. as an 18-year-old, you're thinking, I'm, I'm screwed. Right. So let me do what I can to kind of right. get out of this situation. And then, you know, in that process, I was also asking to make a phone call again, and they'd be like, you know, we'll get to that, just, you know, wait. Right. And it wasn't until after all this was over, and they charged me when they let me make the phone call. So when they told you that you're being arrested and you're being charged with murder, what did you do? I just, I, ain't, I just dropped my head. I mean, I ain't, I ain't, ain't nothing I could do. Did you cry? Did you scream? No, but I, I mean, I, yeah, I couldn't. I mean, it, it just really ain't registered yet. You know, it's what I'm shock. Yeah, right. I mean, it ain't registered really until I believe I made that phone call when I heard my the, my legal guardian at the time when mm -hmm. she was hollering and screaming. That's when it kind of registered. Did you? I mean, have you spoken to the victim's family, or oh, have they written to you, oh, or were they there during the trial? Yes, they were still. So during the trial, you you know you know I, I don't want to skip the fact that a young man was killed. Right. So you're there. You're being charged with something that you're saying that you haven't done. Right. And did the victim's family say anything to you, or nope. did they testify, or anything like that? No, nope. none of that happened. So was there anyone who got on the stand who did know the victim that said anything about the kind of person that he was that would give any kind of indication of why this happened to him? They didn't go through none of that. No, they didn't go through no. any of that. Mm -mm. Okay. My it's, trial only lasted two days. So. The two days for a capital murder trial. Two days.
Okay. Is there anything that you didn't share with your family about the case? No, they know everything. They know everything? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So there's no there's no gaps. I mean, you didn't know this guy. Right. You didn't know the guy who identified you as the shooter. Right. Had you ever even shot in a gun before? No, one time. And I told them, I told them, I mean, the detectives, I told them at one time I shot, and it was on New Year's Eve mm -hmm. at my uh, Amy's house. My, mm -hmm. Her husband let me shoot the gun, you know, in the air. That right. was it. That was the only time I ever shot a gun. So from the time um, that the murder happened to the day that they came to your school, how many, what, what was the time frame in between? Well, I think I got arrested September 7th. The murder happened August 9th. So about a month. Yeah. And they had already questioned other people from my understanding, you know what I'm saying? But they never, I guess, they came up with anything on that. So, had you even heard about this uh, murder that had happened? Nothing. Right. Like I say, it was foreign to me when they first came to me and arrested me and said they would take me down to question me. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I heard anything about a murder. Okay. Uh, let's see. If you could get a new trial, right? And there was new evidence that's found, um, and you know, you're you're a free man, right? What plans have you made? Any plans for that? For that day? As far as if you if the case gets reopened and you get another trial, talking about as far as me walking out, and getting mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I plan on celebrating. You know what I'm saying? For you sure. Know, going out, you know what I'm saying? I, like I told my sister, I want my first thing I want to do is go sightseeing. Yeah. I'm big on scenery. You know what I'm saying? Well, I have to tell you, you know, even though you're here. Right outside of here is beautiful. Right, right. I mean, it's hill country. Right. There's, I mean, we saw deer and everything. Right. So, what, what now? So, what, what is your goal? Are you trying to get someone to reopen your case? What, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Has anyone gone back and just, you know, I know you said you guys hired an investigator, which I know that has to be extremely expensive. Right, right. Uh, to go through the trial. But then you said that the evidence, your file folder, it, it still hasn't come up. Still haven't. So what they're only, they're only basing it off of, there's no DNA evidence, right? Nothing. They only have one witness who said that it was you. One witness, yes, ma'am. And then you have eight witnesses that said that you weren't anywhere when near there. Anywhere near, which only two of them testified. So let's say that you get to walk out of here. Let's say you get to walk out of here in two or three years. Mm -hmm. Do what kind of career do you want to have? Do you want to get married, have kids? Yes, you know that's one of the top priorities I want to do. Is you know I want to experience you know the marriage life. You know what I'm saying settling down. You know what I'm saying. And if I don't have any kids, I mean I have nieces and nephews. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying. That's like kids to me. So right. And I plan on traveling. I want right. to travel. You know what I'm saying. And once you know God willingly, I get up out of here and they pay me. You know what I'm saying. I plan on probably starting a, you know some kind of business or whatnot. And, you know. What kind of business? Uh, right now it's up in there, but I plan on talking to a few of them. I got friends that I met in here. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we like brothers, like family, and I plan on talking to them. And, you know what I'm saying, coming together and us coming together and starting a business, and I will fund it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. I, do, I have the married life, I have the kid life, right. and I have the business life. <laughs> Long business life. Right. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. <laughs> There's right. days I'm just like, I just want to stay in bed. So you do have plans and you do have goals. You know, when I was interviewing your sister, right. the whole case is sad. Right. But the saddest part about it was that I'm like thinking 26 years, you mm -hmm. got locked up when you were 18. Yes. You're 44 now. Yes. All the things I was talking to my husband, I'm like, he doesn't even know about a smartphone. Right. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like when you got locked up, it was still VCRs. Right. Now it's it's been DVDs, it's been Blu-rays, now it's live streaming right. and things like that. Right. Like it's a whole new world. Yeah. So it would be It'll like be a, like a baby learning how to walk. Exactly. It would be a total culture shock. Right. Donald Trump is our president. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's just I thought about that. I was just like Right. Wow, I'm like you've you've had to miss, you know, your siblings getting married and having mm -hmm. their kids and, you know, things like that. And I'm just like, it's, it's sad. Yeah, I miss a lot and it hurts, but you know what I'm saying? I, I continue to keep my head up, and, you know, keep hope. You know, if you lose hope, you lose everything. You know what I'm saying? So how do you keep your head up? I mean, you know, I know it's somebody out there that's in a worse situation than I am. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's people that didn't even wake up this morning. Here right. it is, I'm still breathing. So it's still on. Okay, so where are, where's everything at right now to possibly get you another trial? Well, first we got to get somebody to help as far as, I mean, as, as far as we don't have no attorney as, right, as of right now. You mm -hmm. know, the investigator just finished doing what he, he you know, investigating. So mm -hmm. now it's all about is trying to get an attorney. And hopefully, my main thing is I would like somebody to go talk to the district attorney, Kim Og, and bring all this in front of her. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't read certain articles where people presented stuff to her and she seen red flags and cases and she reopened. It's a couple of cases I know of for sure that she reopened because she seen a bunch of red flags in the case. So you want to have your case in front of her? Yes, that's, that's one of my main goals as far as trying to get her to okay. hear this. So, I mean, we do have some people that are looking into it. Right. I mean, none of us are... None of us are experts right. <laughs> at all, but, you know, we do have people that are looking into your case and people that are researching and people that want to track down all these witnesses. Right. Um, so we're doing what we can. Um, mm -hmm. But after I, you know, interviewed your sisters, when we were done, I was like, he needs to be able to tell his own story. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You've had so many other people telling your story, but no, it, it's a to it's totally different coming from the actual person right you know what i, I mean because yep. um, everyone paints a picture of whenever someone's been told a story mm -hmm. you have to paint your own picture of how that person is right so that's why i wanted for my audience to be able to hear your voice hear your story see your face so this is you know this is bud this is who this is this is this isn't just right. someone who's in prison this is you know this is a son a brother an mm -hmm. uncle um what do you miss the most about being at home it's just the small things you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. it's just you know hanging out with my brothers and sisters you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying being with my friends right all right and now it's crazy because in 26 years i mean some of your siblings were they weren't even legal right and now you know they've gone on they're adults now mm -hmm. so it's almost like you know if you were to get out tomorrow you have to reestablish relationships with people right. you know what I mean because it's one thing for them to come here and visit you but right. you know you being out like you can say what you want to eat mm -hmm. you know what I mean that's the part I think that's just the hardest right. I met I met your mom right she told me she's like bug wants me to tell you his last name is hunter I said I know I said I said Douglas like 500 times I felt so bad because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I was you know used to saying your brother's name right, and right, right. I was just like I know I'm so so sorry but your family is just 
I mean, they truly have your back. Right. And a lot of what they're doing, you find that with, you know, people who have recently been sentenced, you right. know, but here it is 26, 26 years, years and they are still just as adamant about, right. you know, he is innocent. Mm -hmm. He needs to be let out. How is life in prison? Like, what is the day to day for you? Uh, just waking up, you know what I'm saying, going to wreck, you know, basically I'm talking about, and this is what I've been doing since I've been in here, going to wreck in the morning, you know what I'm saying, what I kind watch of work? sports, you know, sports, sports center in the morning, you know, go to wreck, work out, mm -hmm. come back in, you know what I'm saying, lounge around and go to work, come back in from work, you know what I'm saying, watch a little TV or mm -hmm. read some books and that's it. I mean, it's torture. <laughs> what is your job here at the prison? I work in uh, the medical, the infirmary. Okay. I'm SSI back in the infirmary. Okay. Yeah. Well, is there anything that you want our audience to know? Well, if I got time, I would like to, uh, it's a poem I wrote. How are we on time? Does he have time? Yeah, you've got time. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you're a poet. Yeah. Excuse me if I make, you're good. If I mess up because I, this was a spur of the moment thing. Okay. But it's called injustice. It's a, uh, do I like, do I look like the person that did it? They say I fit the description. Now the news flashing my picture. DA is promising a conviction. Tell them, tell them that I'm innocent. They do not want to listen. No, I didn't rob that young man, and no, I didn't kill him. Now I got to do the time, even though I did not commit the crime. My whole family is devastated. I can still hear my sister and mother crying. Mail call, I'm getting obituaries. I got family members out there dying, and I can't say goodbye because the injustice system say I got too much time. Injustice. Why does the Statue of Liberty wear blindfold over her eyes? Because she don't want to see this injustice. And why won't they listen when we speak and try to tell outside of the story? Because deep down inside, they don't trust us. I don't claim to have no blemishes, but truthfully, I'm innocent. And once the world is exposed to that, I hope and pray that y'all embrace me. False accusations sent me to this penitentiary, where I became a man and learned what a godly man should be. Born in a lower class, the world knows it's poverty, so I never had a fair shot at justice and equality. My mind and my skin, they hate. Till this day, they still boosting up conviction rates. They lock us up and throw us away. Now tell me, how does that rehabilitate? They deny us, they deny us on parole dates, set us off three to five years and expect us to be okay. These steps are not easy. This walk is not a piece of cake. My faith is in my heavenly father and believe me, I'm gonna be free one day in justice. Do you think that you are a victim of being black, being yes. a male, and being from economically disadvantaged? Yes. And it goes on a lot. It's been going on since I, since I was born, before I was born. It still goes on now. Today, that's what I'm saying. It's still yeah. going on right now to this day. Mm -hmm. It is. I have two brothers. Uh, they are 24 and 25. Right. And, um, you know, it's me and my mom have to tell them that, no, it's not fair, but there's a certain way that you have to act. Right. Because you already have, you are the target. Mm-hmm, right, right. So when you're out at night, don't drive a certain way. Right. Make sure you use your blinker. Uh, make sure you're not on a certain side of the town because just for the simple fact that you are a black male, that's mm -hmm. two strikes against you. And now I'm not saying 
the whole world is like that, but right, it does right. it does it's happen. Sad, uh, yeah. It really does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have you have nephews, right? Yes. Do you hope that they're being taught to right. be careful to know how to talk, how to act, where to be right. at the right time? Yes, and I can't wait to get out where I can lace them up on a bunch of things. So right, right. Do you fear for them? Yes, sometimes. I mean, they're young now, but I have, the oldest one is like I believe he's 16. Mm-hmm. But yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's scary. Do any of your nieces and nephews have they ever asked you themselves why you're here? Yes, and I tell them the truth. And what do they say? I mean, they it's to the point where they really don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But they know Uncle Bud is innocent. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, for some I didn't do. Right. Right. That's a sad situation because they only know Uncle Bud right. here. Right. You know what I mean? What kind of sports do you like? I know you say you get to watch sports. Basketball. Basketball. Football, you know, I watch all that play basketball when I was out there. Mm-hmm. So since you've been locked up, what is, how has your record been, your behavior record? Uh, I got a good uh, disciplinary record. I mean, I catch a few minor cases. I haven't caught one in a while, but mm-hmm. like I say, I, I, since I've been in, lock, in, uh, in prison, I haven't be, even been in a fight, let right. alone an argument. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm talking about I get along with everybody in there. Mm-hmm. I'm a people's person. Right. I'm talking about even the officers. I get along with everybody. When are you up for parole? Well, I'm at the, they gave me the sentence where I have to do 35 years before I even come up. So you have to do 35 years yes. before you even come up. So it is totally up to finding the right people to get your story out there, which is why we're here. Um, so maybe the right person hears it right. and says, okay, let me let me look into this story. And I believe God is working. He's working his magic, and he's working through y'all. I hope so. Right. Um, that's all the questions I have for you. If, there, if there's anything else you want to say, um, if your fam- I know your family is going to be watching, but right. if can, anything you want to say to them? I just appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just appreciate everything they're doing for me. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't begin to put it into words, what it means to me. Right. And it goes for, you know what I'm saying, everybody that has their hand in this. Right. Whether it's friend, family, I mean, y'all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, people are talking. People are talking. I do have some friends that are looking into things and trying to see what we can do. I, I have the gift of gab. I'm just a blabbermouth. So if that's what I can do to get your story out there and right. to continue to tell people about your story, that's that's what we'll do. So it's okay. Justice is going to come. I appreciate it. It has to. Okay? And we're going to get your story out there, and we're going to keep telling it again and again and again and again. So somebody... Who knows somebody that can help steps up to the plate. I appreciate you letting us come down here and hear your story. And I appreciate you all again. No problem. You and your husband. Thank oh yeah, him. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. And I do I firmly believe I was actually talking to my mom and um because today's my birthday. So she was like, what are you doing? Thank you. And I was like, well, this is what we're doing. Thank you. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, this is what we're doing. And she kind of looked into this and she's like, that is crazy. Right. And it, it just, it, everyone that we have told, it's just like, 
everyone has this look on their face like, how? And it's the same in here, you know, when I tell my story to uh, people in here, like inmates, even officers, and it's a lot of them believing that, all of them believing that I'm innocent. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they see the way I carry myself right. around here. So, right. I mean, if you knew me and knew the character I possess, right. you knew I couldn't have had nothing to do with this. Right. Because that was cold-blooded right there, what... You know, just shooting him like that on a basketball court, and right. there has to be something more to it. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Right. Okay. Well, that's our time. I so appreciate it. All right. Thank you so I much. Keep Take you care. Out of my thoughts and prayers also. Same, 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 same. And we'll keep working out on our side. I so appreciate so it. So just keep the, keep the faith. I will. All right. Thanks, bud. All right. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed tonight's special episode of the Libra Lounge with Keisha. We will continue to follow Bud's case in a special series focusing on the efforts in getting Bud a new trial. Stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and also subscribe to us on iTunes, the TuneIn app, and the Laughable app. Tonight's episode was brought to you by Sassy Class Boutique. Shop with us in-store Tuesday through Saturday at 3709 Fatter Drive in Dickinson, or shop with us anytime by going to www.sassyclassboutique.com. It's the Libra Lounge. The Libra Lounge. Ooh.